This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! <laughs> Hello again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens. It's the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 323, and tonight it's Halloween. Happy Halloween, everyone. It's your Halloween episode. Yeah, and to celebrate, we are going to be boarding a gondola ride straight into the dark pits of hell because we are talking about Toby Hooper's carnival classic, The Fun House. And joining me is, well, two very special guests in one. It's two, two, two people in one. It's the fabulous John Hernandez, who is also secretly the big, gay, humpy, horror host, Stan the Mechanic. Let me tell you something right now, girl. I don't care which Six Flags you go to, Stan is always the best ride in the park. You better buy that Fast Pass right now, honey, because the wait time to ride the Stan is going to be long. And you don't want to wait in no lines. Mm-mm, no ma'am. But before we go one single step further, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick Walsh, and ever since 2010, I've been your guide to the weird, wonderful, and awful, totally fabulous world of horror movies. But I'm going to make you see them through my very, very gay little eyes. Before we begin, please take a moment to take note of these safety instructions. The walkway is moving at the same speed as your vehicle. Please use caution when exiting or entering the sling. I mean, the vehicle. Please keep your feet in the stirrups at all times. Please secure all loose or ugly baggage. And don't bother keeping your hand on the safety bar, because there isn't one. So, make your final arrangements, kiss your loved ones goodbye, and welcome to the fun house. Who will dare to face the challenge of the fun Who is mad enough to enter that world of darkness? Something is alive in the funhouse. Something not alive like its father. Something better dead. Something that has the form of a human, but not the face. This better be good. It's gonna be great. Something that feeds off the flesh and blood of young innocents. Something that tonight will turn the funhouse into a carnival of terror. Pictures. The Fun House. It's a carnival of terror from Toby Hooper, the director who terrified you with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 
So for this Halloween episode, I am delighted to bring to you a brand new guest. I know what a guest it is. I'm very excited to have him here, especially for the movie that we're about to do. Because if there's anybody that I want to spend the night in a funhouse with, it's going to be this guy. So he is a hot, hairy, homo, horror host. Well, at least his alter, alter ego is. And um, that alter ego, too, he, he, I see, I don't know, because I live in New York City, so I don't have a car, so I can't vouch for his engine work, but I can say from personal experience, his lube job is amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and my GNCs, wherever you may be, please welcome for the first time to the Scream Queen's microphone, John Hernandez, a.k.a. Stan the Mechanic. Oh my god, of course. Thank you so much, everybody. It's a Oh pleasure. my god, your hair is so pretty. I hope you win. <laughs> I quaffed it I for ju- hours. No. <laughs> <laughs> so did I. That's why it's pinned to that wig stand over there. Anyway, welcome to the show, John Hernandez. How are Thank- you? Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. Ooky spooky. No, yeah. so spooky. Oh, so spooky. Yeah. So for those of who are not acquainted with Stan the Mechanic, John, could you please explain who the hell is Stan the Mechanic and oh. why do we care? Oh, my God. Okay. And so- why do we love him? Well, Stan the Mechanic is a new queer horror host in the tradition of uh, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, Vampiras, Venguli. So basically, I take the journey with you and watch some uh, spooky horror movies and do some skits and comedy around it with uh, my assistants at the workshop, Brad and Janet, played by uh, Mason Kelso and Summer Moran. And we just have a lot of fun. You know, the story is that he's the satanic mechanic and he services the supernatural community, fixing all their cars and whatnot. Um, Service. Service. Oh, yeah. I'm doing air oh, quotes. Extra special service. <laughs> and uh, in his downtime, he hosts horror movies. So it's uh, it's more blue. I'm not going to say it's innocent like Elvira's all innuendo. I jump across that line. So there are plenty yes! of... Yes, yes, honey. Lots of you dick jokes. You straddle that line and you fuck it. That's what you do. <laughs> no, I, I love the clips that I've seen. You're charming as hell. It's it's a wonderful mix of, of, of things. Although, can we talk about Brad? I mean... Let's I talk. know from personal experience how hard it is to have some like demon sidekick hanging around all the time. It could be a real pain in the ass. Excuse me, Mr. Patrick. Can, can I talk to the nice bear for a minute? What, Flem? I'm in the middle of a show. I know, but I just want to say I like to stay in the mechanic. I'm a big fan. I stand for stand. Oh, all right, all right. I stand. <laughs> yes, it is I, Flem. Flem de Gargoyle, ruler of the darkness, ether of souls, and tiddlywinking since 302 BC. Quake with fear before me. I think you're awesome. <laughs> and I love you too, darling. No, stop. No, stop. No, stop. Uh, listen. Uh, hey, Pastor, could you step out for a minute? <sighs> Fine. Whatever. Um, listen. I was just wondering. You wouldn't happen to have any job openings down at the garage, would you? For like a cute little gargoyle, perhaps? Oh, of course. My door's always open to you, darling. Yes, that's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> I made a butt joke. I know, because I just thought maybe, 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 maybe if you had like an opening, uh, opening <laughs> I said opening, opening in the customer service department, you know, I can take care of that. I am very good at handling irate customers. 
I can hunt down all the people who tried to give you a bad Yelp review and I will shit in their mouth till they're dead. Okay, okay, flam, 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 flam. I think that's enough for tonight. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, see how they are. Very unpredictable. You gotta give me his contact info, Patrick. That's the kind of man I'm looking for. You really don't, you really don't, you really don't want it. You really don't want it. I want him, I want him in a game of dance dance revolution against the devil. And I've regretted it ever since. <laughs> anyway, back to you. Uh, so the movie that we are here to talk about tonight is Toby Hoover's 1981 Monsterama The Fun House. Mm, indeed. If you're ancient like me. You might have had the book, which came out 9,000 years before the movie did, with a big sticker on it that said, coming soon, a major motion picture. And we're like, lies, lies, lies. And then when it aired on HBO, it was on every two hours for about 85 months. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it was fun revisiting it after all this time and still being able to quote everything. <laughs> Like, I haven't seen it since I was 11. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. What I, uh, one of the things that I think is great about this movie is that it takes place at a carnival, which is just one of those places that's wonderful as a child. And when you go as an adult, you're like, what a shit pit. <laughs> totally. <laughs> what an absolute shit pit. This movie really taps into it. Uh, John, we have this little game that I like to make my guests play. And guess what, baby? It's time for you to take a chance to roll the dice because, John, I need you to give me a nice, tight 30-second plot summary of The Fun House. Give me something like the back of the DVD. Try to sell me that script. You have 30 seconds of plot summary now! Oh, my God. Okay, okay. So we have a final girl-esque woman um, named Amy who likes to hold her cans out, and she's going on a date with her new beau named Buzz, and he's kind of a bad boy. And so they go and pick up her friend Liz and her boyfriend Richie, and they go to the carnival, and they're having lots of fun, and then Richie has the bright idea to spend the night in the fun house, and they all agree to do that. Uh, your time is up, Stan. Damn it! Oh. See, I would have gone with four teens get more than they bargained for when they decide to spend the night in a creepy carnival funhouse, witness a murder, and find themselves being hunted by a mutant killer. <sighs> you know, but I wanted to I wanted to address the cans. You know, I felt that was, you know, important to the plot. It is odd that in the first 30 seconds of a movie to get the your, your final girl's knockers out. I, I that's I mean, I was and then she pulls them out later, so I'm like, all right, this is this I mean, I'm here. And then she's like, oh, I, I don't know. Maybe tonight's the night I'm going to lose my virginity. I'm like, you're not. I was been out twice. <laughs> I mean, not, not to body shame. She's free with her body. No. Unless, who knows? Maybe she's one of those, she's one of those backdoor girls. You know, everything, everything but my growl. You can put it in my butthole, but not my growl. <laughs> that's, that's my rule. So, you know. <laughs> well, especially if you're in those parts of the country where a growler is a sandwich, they don't want to do that. Don't, don't put it in a growler. That's well, in my, in my neck of the woods, growler is a dating app. So, you know. No. Oh, well, that too. That too. Yes, my neck of the woods as well. I thought you looked familiar. Hi. Hey, girl. Whore. <laughs> Guilty. Delete and block. <laughs> Swipe right. <laughs> oh, yeah. So this movie, of course, is directed by Toby Hooper, horror icon, legend, you know, director of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And this is when he was trying to go with the studio system. And this flopped hard. This hmm. movie flopped real hard. And it's unfortunate because watching it this time, I said, there's a good movie in here, but I don't know what it is. And then I listened to the uh, Blu-ray commentary with Toby. I'm like, oh, 
I get it. You weren't trying to make a slasher movie. You were trying to make a monster movie with the misfortune of releasing it in the middle of the slasher boom. Absolutely. And audiences were like, no, you gave us titties in the first 10 minutes. We want to see them stabbed. No, but you're not going to get it. There's almost <laughs> no gore. There's, there's, there's really not much of anything. Yeah, but- all, all the kills are like kind of off screen. You know what's happening, mm-hmm. but you don't see it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, also, I was really excited. I really wanted to do this. I wanted to do a whole month to Toby Hooper because normally I do a famous one. Since I do two shows a month, I do a famous one and a lesser known one. I was really trying hard to track down his made-for-TV movie that's called I'm Dangerous Tonight. Ooh. Starring Machen Emick and a whole bunch of other people that wh- whose name I can't think of right at the moment because I'm awful. I'll fix it in post. But it's about a killer dress. A killer dress. Perfect. Machen Emick accidentally makes a dress out of some, like, you know, Aztec cape. <laughs> That you just happen to get, and it, the, the dress kills people. I need to see this movie. Oh my god, maybe do it as a double feature with Slacks, that new movie about a killer pair of jeans. Yeah, triple feature within Fabric to the French movie about the killer gowns. Oh my god, <laughs> the French are totally ripping off Toby Hooper. <laughs> Bastards, Libertad, j'accuse. <laughs> I was always under the impression that our main girl, Amy, who's played by Elizabeth Bethridge, somebody told me, maybe it was another podcast, said, this was the only movie she ever did, and that is an absolute lie. She followed this up with an Oscar winner. She was in Amadeus. So right. <laughs> I don't remember if a tits got out in that one, too. Please, this is terrible. We're shaming the poor girl. Not at all. I celebrate tits in all their many sizes, forms, and iterations. I'm a gay man, but we like boobies, right? Yes. We do. We do. We do. When it gets further south, we get a little, little iffy. But the boobs yeah, are great. Yeah, the girls are great. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's an interesting choice for a final girl. Like, and there are things about her, like the way you meet her, which we'll get into, is weird. Yep. Like this weird shower scene, which we'll get into. And then this scene with her, like ripping her little brother to shreds. Like you see her as a monster immediately. Yeah. And it's, you're the nice girl at the center of the film. Strange. But I like her. She, she's not like any of the other final girls that we come across. She's very different. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. She, um, actually, I kind of feel like it was intentional. I feel like, uh, Hooper or maybe Larry Block, the guy that wrote the, the original screenplay was trying to make her non-conventionally, you know, not, not like the, you know, Lori Strodes of the worlds, you know, she was, it was kind of a reversal. Like in the fact that she's nude in the first scene kind of, gave me a, a little clue right there. And then the fact that later in the film, she's fully going to get it on with her boyfriend, um, but they get interrupted. And then she also smokes pot. I'm like, that's not final girl behavior, honey, you know, but I was here for it. So I, of course, of I, course, I break that. those molds. Yeah. It's the last night of your life. Have fun. Yes. Possibly. It's the last night of your life. Possibly rip it all down, rip it, burn this place down before you go. Cooper Huckabee plays her, her date for the night buzz. He's like 20 years older than everybody else, and it doesn't matter because, man, that that shirt of his is spray-painted on, Mm, girl. Honey. He can huck my bee anytime. Oh, yes. Very, very handsome. I was getting, um, I I don't know, I guess maybe because of the t-shirt, I was getting some Jeff Stryker vibes, but maybe that's that's being a little too generous, maybe. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Stryker? I hardly know her. Uh. Um, You're not wrong. (laughs) But no, he's another one like that. I realize... this is this is fun. I was looking at his IMDb and I'm like, oh, he was on True Blood for for the whole run. That's cool. He was in Foul Play with Chevy Chase and Goldie Hawn. He was an Urban Cowboy with John Travolta. He was in get this movie Gettysburg, which also our Carney was in as well. They they, they reunited on the set and and, uh, and so was Richie. The guy who played Richie. All three of them wind up in this movie. But he was also in the movie. He was in the 1976 Drive-In Sleaze Pointation. 
The pom-pom girls. Now, one of the fun things about being old is back in the day, you had the big cable box. You know, it was a big box with big buttons on it that you used to change the channel. Not like a remote with a big wire. But every every teenage boy knew that if you hit three and nine at the same time and jiggled the knob, you'd get the porno channel scrambled, but you'd be able to make it out. I watch pom-pom girls a lot. So I might have spanked it to Cooper Huckabee at some point. <laughs> hey, I mean, I understand. And do you realize you said like knob box? And like buttons in like the same sentence. It was great. I was titillated. <laughs> it was all carefully crafted in advance, John, and you fell right into my trap. <laughs> you were talking about jiggling your box on the air. I salute you, sir. I love it. <laughs> and, and I was doing the finger thing too. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got jiggle that sure knob. Yeah, yeah, I got to tune it in. Yeah, to come in Tokyo, tune in Tokyo. Oh, golly, we're disgusting. I wish. Largo Woodruff as Liz had more of a career. I love Liz. I wanted more of Liz in this movie. She's supposed to be the, the more promiscuous best friend who's conspicuously less <laughs> promiscuous than our main girl. But I just love her. She's cool. She's wearing purple and red in the same outfit and pulling it off. What? Yes. I, I loved her. I actually think she gave one of the strongest performances in the film. And like like you said, she does not... You would think she's going to be like the girl that gets it first. And that's kind of not what we got. So again, another reversal. I yep. loved her. And and rounding out our our, our, our um, trio of teens is Richie, whose fault everything is, played by Miles uh, Chapin, who was in Hair. He was in Pandemonium, which I love that movie. I love that movie. You ever seen that movie? No, I didn't. Slasher spoof with uh, Carol Kane from like oh. 1981. It's, ter- it's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> All I remember, they go to cheerleading camp and they get knocked off. All I remember was the cheerleader going, my name is Bambi. Would you like to cheer this well? I could teach anyone. You'll all do real swell. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. I haven't seen that movie again since 1981, but it was on every goddamn day. So. <laughs> but he was in that. He was in uh, Howard the Duck and uh, People versus Larry Flynn. And then he retired. I don't know why you wouldn't retire after Howard the Duck, but then again, after you've done Howard the Duck, what else is it like to do in Hollywood? I don't know. <laughs> you, were in a, you were in a movie with Leah Thompson's Mons Pubis. Wow. That is, not a, <laughs> that is not a word or a phrase I thought I'd hear today, and I'm, I'm very happy I did. <laughs> yeah. I like exposing people to big, juicy 25-cent words. <laughs> yeah, you've already... Especially if they're Latin. I've been exposed to a lot in the last 20 minutes, so... <laughs> Love it. <laughs> that's true that's true john got to meet my bosoms first thing don't ask don't ask before the show was rolling it's like ah, look at my tits oh no is the camera on i'm so embarrassed oh gosh but yes okay so <sighs> spoiler he wasn't embarrassed <laughs> now i am <laughs> one of the things that i discovered rewatching this movie i thought it would be a new experience for me but sadly it wasn't because i remembered it so well was that i had that damn book and I read that damn book a lot. And this movie is so damn different from the book. And there's so many things in the movie that are almost setting up stuff from the book. And then they don't go there and I get angry. And like the whole reason why the kids are in the funhouse makes more sense to me in the book. But say la vie, it's not the movie we got. Totally. I mean, uh, it was written by um, Owen West, right? And But that was the gnome de plume of the great Dean Koontz. See, I give you Mons Plubus. You give me you can, Plubus? <laughs> you give me Mons <laughs> Pubis, I give you Mons Pubis, you give me Nam de Plume, it's hot in here tonight, kids, uh, it's hot. <laughs> Sizzling. I can see why a lot of it's not in the book, because the book is very, like, the whole backstory is very, 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 very intense, going back, like, 30 years. Dealing with the main plot, these kids decide to spend the night in the funhouse and fuck, which is gross. 
Like I had issues. I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> you know, everything's filthy in there. You know, everything's filthy. And then I noticed the girls were walking around in bare feet. And I'm like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> either that or you're gonna get a toe ripped off by something. You know, oh, something's no. gonna happen in there. But they're kids. They're dumb. Whatever. What happens that they find themselves falling victim to this mutant monster thing? Well, they they witness the mutant monster killing the fortune teller lady who moonlights as a prostitute holler and um what what it is is that she gets a hundred dollars out of him and she gives him like a quickie handy and he he busts off like within seconds and hey she was ready for a long haul she was like okay relax relax oh and you're done oh well that was fun that was great for both of us Uh, i mean (laughs) (laughs) i'm so fulfilled that's why they sh- like, she read she reads poems and she gives poem. I like her. Yeah. Like her. Oh, nice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she reads them and she gives it. Yes. But, uh, you know, apparently he was a bit upset that, you know, he didn't get his hundred dollars worth. Completely understandable. And then- just like a man, just like a man. <laughs> you came in five seconds and it's my fault. OK, whatever. But that's why with, you know, they should have. Well, I understand communications, not his forte, but maybe they could have established like a a time allotment or something to avoid this unfortunate scene because you know he busted she was like all right well that's it i'm out of here and then he gets mad and he kills her and the kids witness that and then he brings his father back to help cover up the murder and you know which they've done before yes (laughs) and they their first time at the rodeo and that yes that's right they uh address that because apparently they go around to different carnivals and he accidentally kills people i guess and then see oh gosh two dead girl scouts oh golly oops dallas and then because of good for nothing richie leaning over with his stupid lighter it falls through the ceiling and that's how they know the kids are in the fun house and so they have to hunt them down and kill them so that they can a get their money back that richie stole which i guess we'll get into and B, so the secret doesn't get Fucking out. Fucking Richie. I hate Fucking him. Fucking Richie, yeah. The worst. Yeah. The yeah. worst. So everything that happens is Richie's fault. Yep. Now, of course, on this show, you well know that I, 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 put, I established that this could have been a This One Bitch movie. John, do you know what a This One bi- Bitch movie is? Have you been listening long enough? Um, I would like some clarification, please. Uh, this one bitch is, is a movie wherein, like, I don't know, let's say 10 years ago, this one bitch did something bad to someone, and now it's 10 years later, and that person is back, and they're gonna get revenge on this one bitch, but instead of going for this one bitch, they kill everybody else except this one bitch, oh. and, like, and like every time, like, somebody's, like, comes up with a good idea, like, we should get out of here, this one bitch is like, no, we have to find everybody, so this one bitch also gets everybody else killed, and at the end, everybody dies except this one bitch, whose fault it all was in the first place. Uh, Had Richie lived through the movie, he would have been this movie's this one bitch, but he's uh, not. He pays. He's the first one out. Yep, good. That's at least they redeemed it. That is an official Scream Queen sub sub genre <laughs> trademark. <laughs> it's stolen. <laughs> I would never. I would never. Who's this one bitch now, bitch? I know. <laughs> <laughs> if I turn up dead, it was Patrick. <laughs> That's a given in most situations. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> if, if my listeners know, like, if there's a if there's a serial killer taking out people wearing flip flops in New York City, it's me. Oh, it's me. I <laughs> <laughs> on the subway that that's inappropriate oh always on the subway and they always have hammer toes and bunions what the fuck yeah, come on oh. yeah, but they're so comfortable fuck you and your fucking flip-flops okay i'm all right now <laughs> let it go let it go this is this can all be used to send this whole episode to the fbi it's fine <laughs> what's interesting in the book is that it's not this random occurrence they're targeted 
because many, many years ago, Amy's mom, Ellen, was married to our carnival barker. She was with the carnival, and she gave birth to a mutant baby. And she thought it was Satan. And one night it it attacked her. Like she was trying to breastfeed it and it started ripping at her at her boobs. And, you know, we don't we love our boobs. You can play with the boobs. You can show off the boobs. Please don't rip up the boobs. That's not okay. And she crushes it to death. Oh, God. And of course, the the karate comes in, finds her. Where to God? I'm gonna get you back. You kill my sweet baby boy. I'm gonna find you and I'm gonna kill everything that came out of your cunt. Wow. So for all this time, he's been touring the country, waiting for somebody that kind of looks like his old wife, Ellen. And one day, Joey came came along and he's like, "Mm -mm 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 -mm." and all the other carnies are in on it. They all know. Wow. He he tries to get his mother's name out of Joey, which is Amy's sister, our main girl's sister. He makes sure that Amy gets a free ticket to the fortune teller so that she can get more information out of them to make sure that it's really them. And then when they go through the fun house, they just shut it down while they're in there. Oh, wow. Th- that sounds great. That That's a movie I'd like to see. Also, for more fun, Amy's pregnant. Oof. Wow. Scandals on scandals. Amy's pregnant and her drunk and her drunk Christian, who's, who's this crazy drunk Bible thumper now, is going to pay for the abortion shock of shock because she's afraid it's going to be one of them devil mutants. Wow. Yeah. So when you have things in the movie, like that woman keeps popping up, God is watching you. God is watching you. That happens in the book, and it's more relevant because Amy's got this big thing on her mind, and these people keep popping up and saying, God's watching everything wow. you're doing, bitch. I, yeah, I was saying that's like me at the bathroom in the Eagle just to freak people out. <laughs> it's always a good time. I knew that was you. I knew, I knew the top of your head looked familiar. Oh, Come my God. You, bitch. Hi. Hi. God is watching you. <laughs> <laughs> From a distance. Uh. <laughs> and, and the other thing is that oh that last joint they had before they they went into um the funhouse liz laced it with angel dust whoa yeah so they don't know what's happening it's really intense oh my god the it's, book sounds so i'm sorry to say but the book sounds so much better i agree but i also said the movie would have been really long and too much backstory kills this kind of stuff yeah yeah i just i just like that it's not random yeah, that it's not they were in the wrong place, at the wrong time. That these kids were targeted, and, but they still do, they themselves did not do anything. Right, they just went for a ride in the funhouse. Right. Wow, that that's really different. I'm glad I'm glad you said that because I didn't read the book, so it's that's completely different than what this ended up being. But you know, yeah, yeah. And since we brought them up, I need to talk about the Barker, who only has the name the Barker, played by Kevin Conway. This guy's great, and I didn't realize until today he played all three Barkers. Me too. I did not pick up on it until I started researching. Yep. Subliminally, I did. Because I always go, there, there's something weird, like something off about these Barkers, like more than more than you would th- think. Yeah, I mean, I, like the the two redheaded ones, like the dad and then the redheaded curly headed one outside of the animal freak alive, show. Alive, alive, alive. <laughs> I figured they were related. I didn't realize it was the same person until later. Who will dare to face the challenge of the Barker? Who is brave enough? 
who is mad enough to enter that world of darkness. Terrifying. Terrifying. You will scream with terror. You will beg for release. But there will be no escape. For there is no release from the funhouse. And then the British dude outside the girly tent. They wiggle and they dance. Six beautiful girls. They wiggle and they dance. They wiggle and they die. That's also him. I was just, I did not even suspect. But uh, I, I'm I'm an easy mark with these things. Like, with horror, I totally suspend my disbelief. Like, because that's the only way to go into these things. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm always like shocked. So I was surprised by that. But delighted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But and it, and it's nice that all three of those Barkers have that weird moment with Amy where they're p- doing the whole pitch right through her. Yes. Yeah. Well, that kind of ties into um, I, the, I, book. Well, oh, the book. The book. Okay. <laughs> that would make more sense. I was going to say it like, you know, like the fortune teller. Come on in, bitch. Ride the ride, bitch. I dare you, bitch. <laughs> I was going to say maybe it was like more that tying into the clairvoyant thing that the, the uh, fortune teller was picking up on. But I guess. Oh, yeah. They, that's what she just said. Yeah. I was just, uh, cause I, I was listening to when she makes eye contacts with, uh, with each of the Barkers, you know, I was like, oh, maybe there's like subliminal something. And then like with the, you know, with the guy outside the girly tent, all he's saying is they wiggle and they dance. I'm like, all right. Dance, so they that, wiggle that, and they dance. That's this is my sister Lola. Get a little, not too much Lola. That's enough. Give him a little peek, Lola. That was hilarious. Like, wh- what's up with all this, like, incestuous vibes going on in this movie, too? Maybe we could break that down as well. But I- we're going to talk about the plot. But what I love about this movie is that the carnival itself is its own character. Yes. 100%. And we'll get into that later on once we break all this stuff down. Okay, I need to talk about the fortune teller. Please. <laughs> the fortune teller is Scream Queen's royalty. Scream, the, the fortune teller is played by the one and only Sylvia Miles. She was Oscar nominated for Farewell, My Lovely and Midnight Cowboy, but you probably know her from The Sentinel and the movie She Devil, maybe Wall Street, but if you're a Scream Queen's listener, it's still a number one episode. She was Myra Gardner in Agatha Christie's Evil Under the Sun. <laughs> the gayest Agatha Christie movie ever made. We love that movie here, and we love her. She like you cannot watch the movie and not be obsessed with her. And she's serving everything in this movie. I love her. I love her. Yeah, she stole the show. I forgot she was in it when she popped up. Like, oh my god, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Odell, did you jizz on my hand again? Odell, <laughs> loved it. Loved it. She was afraid that was going to ruin her career when she had to wipe the jizz off her hand. She, you know, she asked Toby Hooper. She was like, did I just destroy my career? Clearly she didn't, but you know. <laughs> well, hey, if, 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 if playing the symbols naked with right. Beverly D'Angelo. <laughs> right. <laughs> the Sentinel didn't do it. You're fine, honey. You're fine. If that's the worst thing that happened, you're a midnight cowboy. Come on. Exactly. You're in an X-rated movie. You're fine. I mean, if I like got canceled every time I wiped a man's jizz off my hand on screen, I wouldn't be here right now. So <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> That's why I prefer to let mine dry and then peel it off and eat it like a fruit roll-up. Uh, <laughs> None of that awful flicking. Gross! Did I just say that on the camera? On, on the, on the, oh, gosh. We're awful people. <laughs> I'm awful. I'm horrible. 
I mentioned it earlier. When you're a kid, it's like the happiest place on earth. You want to run away and join the carnival or join the circus or go live at Disneyland. And then as an adult, you're looking around like, oh, fuck this. This place is fucked. No, oh, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Do you have any carnival nightmare stories, John Hernandez? <sighs> carnival nightmare? Well, I, I, I used to go to two as a kid. I vividly remember going to kind of the carnival setup at Coney Island, which I think still exists, actually. It's been a long, long time, but I haven't, you know, visited in a while. And then I used to go to Adventureland in Farmingdale, Long Island. And Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Why, did you go? I, I'm a Long Island boy. Of course I went there. Oh I think I had God. field trips there. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I love Adventureland. And in their little fun house, which is really a dark ride, which is really like a little haunted house. Yeah. There, I remember distinctly going in and like in, in, in the little like go-kart that they have like in the movie, going through. Me and my brother were on the cart. The cart broke down in the middle of the attraction, and I guess the teenagers that were working that day decided to have a little fun with us, because we were kids. We were, like, you know, 10 and 8 or whatever, and, uh, like, they came and, like, grabbed our shoulders and scared the living shit out of us, so we were hysterical crying, because we are little kids, and then my dad came to the rescue. He was in the cart alone behind us, and he ended up pushing us through the rest of the way, so, you know, we, we were crying in a mess afterwards, but... Um, looking back Mascara at that. Mascara running down your face just like Amy. A hundred percent. And then, you know, and then I pulled my cans out because that's what she would do. And and you got a free pass for the whole day. I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I looking back on that feeling that it's fun. I got addicted to the feeling. So as an adult, I go to all these haunts and stuff as much as I can to kind of replicate that shock and, and horror. But, you know, as a kid, oh, yeah. it was pretty terrible. But yeah, I used oh, yeah, to yeah. love them. <laughs> yeah, I used to love them too. I mean, I haven't seen one in ages. I mean, the, all the places I used to, I mean, like I, I, you brought up Coney Island. They had some ancient ones there at the old Coney Island, like Dante's Inferno. There was another one. They were ancient. Yeah, that's it. And they had the most horrific art on on front. Like 3D art. Like I remember Dante's Inferno would have that upside down head of somebody being tortured in the flames, but their <laughs> tongue was pierced, but the tongue was gigantic and you kind of had to enter the ride through the tongue. It was fucked up. Yes. And then the ride sucked. The ride was terrible. It was 30 seconds of nothing. <laughs> I totally was. Yeah. The big uh, like Satan thing with the, the pitchfork outside. Yes. Dante's Inferno. Man, I couldn't think of it. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. And, uh, uh, there, used to be a, there used to be a whole amusement park at Rockaway, uh, Rockaway Beach. Yes. They had a great little haunted house, but that's all gone. They tore it down. Now it's a disco, but not for Patrick. <laughs> Aww. But Boo. as I was watching this movie, a lot of the movie, which I kind of got annoyed the second time through, I'm like, you know what? A lot of time they could be building character. We're just watching these kids go on rides and go to different attractions. It's just a tour of the carnival. But then I'm watching them on the rides and I'm looking at the background. I'm like, there are people on those rides. So these extras were riding rides all night. Yep. And I had a flashback to my junior year in high school when I went to the Nassau County Fair at the Nassau Coliseum. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We saw Bon Jovi there the next weekend, but that's not the point right now. But we were there for the carnival. <laughs> I don't do spinny rides. I don't do certain rides. All my friends wanted to go on the Enterprise. Do you know what the Enterprise is? Do you know what um, I do remember. Yes. Yeah. For those who don't know, it's kind of, it's like a Ferris wheel, but it's laying down. You get in the car, it starts to spin. The centrifugal force, uh, force lifts the cars so that they're horizontal to the ground. And then the whole thing stands up. The whole 
it becomes standing like a regular Ferris wheel, but you're just doing loop-to-loops for a couple minutes. My friends all wanted to go on. I said, that's one of the ones I don't do, especially not at a carnival. Like, I'm always, but something my mom got in my head. She's like, you don't know how fast they put those things together. You don't know if they did safety checks. They're all death traps. And that's one of those ones like, I'm like that's one I could see myself dying on. So I said, I'm going to set this one out. They all go on the ride. It starts going. And, you know, I'm waving. I'm taking pictures. Two minutes go by. Three minutes go by. Five minutes go by. Seven minutes go by. Like, There's something they can't shut off the ride. Oh, my God. It went for over 45 minutes oh. <laughs> without stopping. People went to the hospital. You know, people were throwing up. Like, like, they were just coming off the ride covered in their own vomit. And they were making fun of me before they went on. It was really hard and very gentlemanly of me not to make fun of them. That's what I like, who's that big chicken now, huh? Not me. Who's covered in puke? Not me. Lick it up, baby. Lick it up. But no, so I, it's one of those things that just always stuck in my head. I'm like, I'm never going on one of these fucking oh, things again. Man. I, I mean, it's funny that that experience happened happened to because um again listening to all the you know the uh toby hooper it track. happened on set i know i read that too. the exact same thing but a different ride but yeah. here's the thing many many moons later i'm working on i'm doing background on the film oh gosh oh uh hugh grant drew barrymore music Ooh. and lyric and we're shooting at a part, park in Brooklyn with a merry-go-round. And for some reason, like, you, get on the merry-go-round. I'm, like, I'm in a business suit, and I don't have a kid with me. All right, I'll ride the merry-go-round. This doesn't look weird at all. <laughs> but they wouldn't let us get off. So we were on that merry-go-round for like six hours. Oh, and you think, eh, that's no big deal. That's no big deal. And it wasn't a big deal until we got off. <laughs> I mean, got off the merry-go-round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing, like. Inner ear was completely fucked. Everybody's like listening to one side. Vomiting started. It was it was it was crazy. I'm like, I just threw up on a merry-go-round. Wow, wow. <laughs> In front of Drew Barrymore. <laughs> Life goals. Life goals. Amazing. But one of the things I do enjoy about this movie is that, like I said earlier, they get to this carnival that you know they're not supposed to be at. Amy lied to her parents. I do love that the mother's still an alcoholic because that whole scene where they're where Amy's trying to leave the house and her mother's like, "You shouldn't go to that carnival. That's where they found those little girls. The same carnival. She's drinking a cocktail. That glass is full. Like it is <laughs> full of booze. No ice." <laughs> Yeah, her parents were uh, interesting. Her dad was real intense, too. Yeah, I mean, I'm allowed to laugh at it. My mother was an alcoholic. I lived with that crap. I'm like, yeah, that, that's yeah. accurate. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> that's accurate. This is why you don't have the friends come to the house to pick you up. Right. You go meet them outside because mom's probably going to make a scene. Is uh, this your little friends? Everybody come in. I'm going to make some cookies. No, no. <laughs> no. Um, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> please don't. Ah. <sighs> I just noticed this time when they get there, it's all the lights and the music and the rides and the flash and the burkers. And the longer they stay there, the seedier it gets. They just start creeping into the behind the tents and in the restrooms and stuff like that. You're starting to see like really questionable people lurking around this carnival. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, nailed it in the head. My favorite quote of the movie comes from Liz. And it's almost missed. Like it's 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 an eighty yard line when the camera's changing focus. And if you don't pay attention, she'll miss. It's when they're at that that stripper club, the stripper tent. First of all, Amy looks in. She goes, "That's disgusting." That's disgusting. I'm like, honey, where were you at the beginning of the movie, huh? (laughs) (laughs) They've got more on than you do. But um, Richie won't let Liz look. He's like, "No, I'm looking." And she goes, 
Shit, I'll find my own hole. Fine, I'll find my own hole. I can't believe you said that. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that was fantastic. And then she goes and has the conversation with the hobo that's pissing behind the tent. Awesome. <laughs> And then the rest of the mer- movie becomes a journey of self-discovery for poor Liz. <laughs> Surely. In search of her own hole. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that whole stripper tent was... I, I, I was like, did they really have that at carnivals? I was like, that that was a bit surprising. I was like... Hmm. I never saw them at carnivals, but they definitely had them at Coney Island, the Go-Go Girl tents. And that's that's awesome. I was just like, that's great. But, the, you know, like with that the girls inside the tent were really getting down and they were into it and i was all about that because they were owning it but that's because they were real strippers from miami which was great but the Mm -hmm. one the girl on the outside with the barker looked a little dead behind the eyes which i'm also kind of a fan of in general like there's this great place in um new orleans called the corner pocket if you ever want to see straight guys dancing for gays that are dead behind the eyes please go there It's Why? Just, I I Why? just I find it funny when people are just so over it and just like cannot be bothered. I just get a kick out of it and like, hey, you know, and that's what she reminded just me of. Just stick your money in my cock and leave me alone. Literally, go like, the fuck home. Literally, like they'll like pull their cock out. You just slide a dollar in, and they'll just get up and move on to the next guy. <laughs> like so, like simple and transactional it's it's pretty that's funny gross it's gross because as we all know money's filthy I, seriously i'm like ew are you sure <laughs> <sighs> yeah so. honey you're gonna have to wash your dick with oven cleaner before you get that near oh, me thank you yes. very much <laughs> but i guess it's because i relate to that that dead behind the eyes thing when you're at work and you don't want to be there so i love that i tip those people extra because I get yeah, it. Add a girl. Add a girl. <laughs> Way to support the troops. Yeah. <laughs> One of the other things that is weird that it's got such a focus in the movie because it's a, such a big part of the book is the freak show tent. Because what happens in the freak show tent? What do they find? Well, they found everything that was going to foreshadow what they were going to face. So they found uh, a cleft, a cleft palate cow and a two headed cow and a baby in a jar. <laughs> like a two-headed baby in a jar, which I ended up finding out is Tad, uh, you know, our monster's little brother that they reference later in the film, which uh-huh. uh, w- was not clear until Toby Hooper said it on the uh, the commentary yeah. track. <laughs> but uh, yeah. And, and in the book, that's also Amy's little half-brother that her mother killed. That's fantastic. I figured. The hell is that? It's a mutation. Huh? It's a fake. It's just like the magicians do. It's probably made of rubber. <laughs> when you were saying all that, I was like, wow. Because <sighs> they give it so much weight and then it doesn't go anywhere. And I guess it's foreshadowing because it's, he's got the same deformities that our killer who doesn't have a name has. Yeah. Does he? I don't know. Gunther. Where did yeah. I get Gunther from? Gunther's in the book. It, that's because I saw it on like Wiki, which is not the best source. But I, I was assuming when uh, Gunther uh, Twybunt is what they had on on wiki so i guess that's his name in the book so no it's not yeah oh yeah twibun is another carnival freak thank you very much <laughs> i don't have one bunt i've got twibuns <laughs> jealous <laughs> I alive 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 <laughs> yeah i also realized when I was like, I forgot to mention any of Kevin Conway's credits, but I realized I, I worked with him. Oh. I think it was an NBC series called The uh, the Black Donnellys, 
which is about the Irish Mafia. I worked on their pilot. It got canceled after three episodes. But yeah. I remembered him as soon as as soon as I saw that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I was in an old OTB with him in Brooklyn. <laughs> We're in 70s clothes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember him. He was fantastic. I think he, he also was the other strongest performer in the film. Really good job. Oh. You can tell he's from the stage. His command yeah. of language is so rich. Mm-hmm. His barking is so great. And just the way he handles his dialogue is really wonderful. And I, he said in his interview on the tape that uh, the tape, the Blu-ray, that uh, a lot of it was improv, particularly the stuff with the son. Because what I do like in this is that there is a relationship between the father and the mutant son. It's twisted, but there's still some kind of affection there. I mean, I read into it, you know, given that it's Toby Hooper, it's not a huge leap to be like, well, it's just like kind of another Leatherface character, but... The Saw's family, yeah. Yeah, you know, and and similarly, the dad's kind of abusive towards Leatherface, but also has affection towards him, and Leatherface gets very frustrated and hits himself and can't communicate, so there was a lot of that. Sweet Jesus. You didn't tell me it was Xena the goddamn fortune teller. You really did it this time, didn't you? You killed one of the family. Dang. I told you, didn't I tell you? I don't care what you do. It's a dirty business with them locals. But I don't want you doing nothing with our kind. You understand me? Damn you. Should have wrung your ugly neck the day you was born and been done with it. Never call me that. Don't you ever call me that. Stay in the sound of your filthy voice. Quiet now, I gotta think. You know, but it was at the same time oddly sweet, considering that, you know, they murder people and cover it up. So, I was touched. I My heart was warmed. If you just do this one last thing for me, one bad thing, and then we'll bury him and I'll take you fishing. Or anything you want. Just like we used to. Because we got to take care of each other. God is my witness. I don't hate the sound of your voice. <laughs> Look, everybody's got their little quirks. Some people, I don't know. <laughs> they put the toilet paper on wrong. Some people murder Girl Scouts in Texas. Who knows? Who knows? Just let it go. Ah, it's a bonding experience, you know? Hey. <laughs> One of the things that I wish I could have seen, once we get inside the funhouse itself, I, I love all that stuff. I love all that creepy mechanical crap because it's soulless. I wish I could have seen it on the big screen. I think it would be a completely different ride to be enveloped in all that blackness all around you with all these creepy puppet things going off all the time. For sure. Th- those puppets yeah. were a great part. I, and I don't know if you noticed, like, during the uh, opening sequence, I feel like they matched up the the puppets with... The characters, like, you know, the one for uh, Amy's character was like the ingenue with the rose and when they got uh, the ingenue with her tits out and uh, the music, uh, the the piano playing puppet. Yeah, he was playing the piano. Clever. I caught that too. I caught that too. I caught that too. Yeah. I like that. Ding dong. Excuse me, everyone. This is Patrick from the future. I had to chime in with a little something because just this morning I was going through the movie, and pulling out the audio clips, and I was catching the music from the opening credits. So I was watching that scene that we were just talking about where John and I agreed that the the people in the cast matched the puppets, the animatronic puppets, that came up next to their names. It was a cute little way to introduce the characters. What neither one of us caught was the fact that Cooper Huckabee, who played Buzz, when his name popped up, his little animatronic puppet's motion 
He had his arm in the air, and his hand was just flapping with his really loose wrist, like, hey, hey, hey. And then when it got to the guy who played Richie, he's jamming a big lollipop with a huge knob on the end of it down his throat. It's a huge stick with a knob. I think it's supposed to be a fire eater, but it's not on fire. So it's just this naked stick that he's shoving down his throat. So neither one of us caught gay subtext right there. Remember, I think, I don't know if I've said it yet in this recording or not, because this is long after we did the session, but I said there was something between Richie and Buzz that seemed like they knew each other before. Now we know why. They were gay together. And shame on us for missing that. Shame, shame, shame. Bad homosexual. Slap the dicks right out of our mouths. Back to the show. And oh, and big, big props to my favorite character of the movie, who's not even a person, the laughing fat lady clown robot thing. Oh my God. Bitch stole my look. I'm sitting here dressed like that right now. Viewers, you can't see this, but I'm in my red polka dot muumuu with my white face cream on and my stockings are rolled down, honey, because it's after hours. But... (laughs) 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 I loved her. That, yeah, you're right. That was fantastic. Nice little chef's kiss touch to add to the whole thing. Yes, yes, I did. I I did like that little touch. Somebody wrote it somewhere. Like, cause the movie ain't over till the fat lady sings. Correct. <laughs> Showbiz rule. Showbiz rule. She was big, busty, uh, and beautiful. She is, and she's having a good time. That's right. Just like me. She can't help it if the hydraulic system gives her an extra burst of gas every now and then. But she lets it up the right way. Does she fart on the carnival goers? No, she. Spews laughter and joy all over them. <laughs> your shoes are tacky. <laughs> I fuck your boyfriend. <laughs> are you following me? That's like literally what I do. <laughs> when I'm not playing Stan, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> My favorite bit on the runway, the, carni- the carnival runway, the midway, whatever they call it, is the magician. Marco the Magnificent. Yes. Which I had an extra kick out of. John, have you seen the movie Carnival Magic? It was one of the MST3K new ones that they did on on, uh, Netflix. I haven't caught their version yet, no. I'm obsessed with Carnival Magic. (laughs) (laughs) It's terrible. It's terrible. It's about this magician who's struggling at a carnival until he's like, oh, you know what? I forgot I have this trained monkey who can talk in my trailer that I don't let anybody see. And I'm going to add that to my act. He's also Mar- he's Markov the Magnificent. But I was hoping that there'd be a talking chimp named Alice who said nothing interesting. Like you have a talking chimp and you have him say nothing. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> or witty. Or <laughs> he's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Nobody seems surprised by it. But anyway, I was hoping it would be him. But instead you get William Finley. William Finley from Phantom of the Paradise. As this drunk-ass magician, like, this is so on point for what you get at a carnival. Oh, yes. <laughs> they promise you the world outside of the tent, and then you get in there, and you're like, I'm trapped with dregs of humanity that are holding on by a thread, who are dead behind the eyes. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> I and I'm probably getting bed bugs right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I fell for that bit, too, because I, I was I was like... 
this was my first time watch. I, I don't know if I mentioned that, but um. Oh really? Oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, it was great, and I've now watched it like three times. But um, oh, so so you're 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 Amy, and I'm Liz. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I have. Oh, you got the tits for it. That's sure. <laughs> I was gonna say, is that your nice way of telling me it's time for me to pull out my cans for the audience? Because I'll do it. It's fine. Again, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's audio podcast. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they can man. hear them. They'll hear the the womp. How dare you, but fair. What? Fair you can taste, tits you can hear. <laughs> Pay to get in, pray to get off. <laughs> oh, you'll always get off with Stan, don't worry. But, you know, that's a given. You might not, but you might not get out. <laughs> right. You probably Where won't were get we? Out. What were we talking about? I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, the magic, the magic, the magic show. I love all of that because that is like the epitome of CD. Is the epitome of CD and just gross and like you trapped in there. And you're like that. Look, he does this whole magic trick involving like the coffin and a spike, and you think he's got a, a you know an innocent bystander from the audience and the coffin. Oh no, it goes wrong, and he accidentally stabbed him with the stake and there's blood everywhere. Fifth century, Vlad the Fifth of Valachia, known as Vlad the Impaler to his friends. Tortured 23,000 male and female prisoners in a device not unlike this. Tiring of his name, he decided to change it. He selected his father's name, Dracu, meaning devil. He added the letter A and became Dracula. Literally, son of the devil. And so, legends are born. With that piece of history planted firmly in our mind, I present, without further ado, The Impaler. Notice, if you will, that a hole has been cut in the front of this box, right over the human heart within. I insert the stake gently. Do you feel that, dear? Yes. Find a new profession. And now, without further ado, I present the paper. Oh my God! Is there a doctor in the house? Wait! Wait! That could actually happen at one of these things. They'd be like, "Yeah, okay, Mike. Next show in two hours." Yep. Uh, you know, and I bought it hook, line, and sinker. I was like, oh, I was like, the horror starting because it takes a while to get to that point. And I was like, yes. And then it was fake. And I was like, oh, so it was another misdirect. There's a lot, like, a lot of misdirection in this movie, which I appreciate because already in 81, people were kind of savvy to where the scares were coming. And I think Hooper tried to, uh, yeah. mix it up a bit for people. So that was one of them, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I love that because it, it is like you're in a completely different movie. All of a sudden, you're in, I don't know whose movie, but I'm like, I, I, it's, it's the, I, I just love it. The energy changes. It's a great three minutes. Yeah, I loved it. That was a great part. Like, you know, it was one of those uh, sequences that kind of gratuitous. Like, there's a lot in there that doesn't need to be there. And that's another example. <laughs> It's just like because there is a long trip for them through the carnival yep. before they even get near, discuss the fun house. Yep. 
Yeah. But I, it's like, I got to say, I never found myself bored with it. Like a lot of people no. criticized it. I was like, no, th- this is great. Like it's bringing me back. And it was very pretty to look at. To boot, it was very pretty so. to look at. But at the same time, you're going, yeah, but what's a, like, I was in that, I was in the magician says, I'm like, I can smell this tent. I can smell like the moldy yeah. tent, whatever, whatever the tent's canvas of the tent. I can smell the sawdust on the ground. Totally. I can smell like the performers costumes that haven't been washed in a couple of shows. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, mm, 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 mm. all of the love prize is 25 cents. <laughs> Lord is what that stripper tent smelled like. Oh my God. So the last the last trip for the funhouse is to this this uh, fortune teller and what another thing that was cool in the book was that I said the fortune teller was in on it and she was trying to get more information except in the middle of it she actually sees what's going to happen she actually has a real psychic vision she's like oh my god what the fuck oh. what the fuck get the fuck out of here go the fuck home ah. and she goes and tells she goes and tells her husband who's the barker is like listen they were in here I told them to get out of here because I saw something and you're gonna do something you're gonna hurt those kids like she didn't she knew you were gonna get revenge but I knew you were gonna kill them and he winds up strangling her so he actually did it not the, ah. the son. Whoa. Hmm. It's 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 richer, but I could see in a movie it would get boggy, 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 boggy. I suppose you're right. Yeah. It's a shame. Let's get let's get back to the dope smoking and tit getting out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but I just I just love Sylvia Mouse because she's got this ridiculous Romanian accent on when she's doing it. It's also cheesy. It's all again, you can smell this tent, you can smell her. Like she's been in that outfit all day and like she's her perfume is is, is failed. Her her deodorant has failed. It's nine thousand degrees in her. You know, the, 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 she's like, and now it's time for magic. And she reaches under it to hear like click and the lights. <laughs> yeah. like, yes, it's magic. <laughs> magic. The best part, though, was and, when they were laughing at her and she got pissed off and, like, cursed them out. She dropped the accent and everything. Was like, I'll break every fucking bone in your body. Get out of here. She turned, into, <laughs> she turned into Myra Gardner yeah. from Evil Under the Sun. Tall, dark, strange, you will enter and change your life. <laughs> Larry Latner, right? <laughs> We're not to mock the stars, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, she was reading her poem. <laughs> ah, get out of here, you bad brat. I have performed in front of blonde heads of Europe. Don't come back or I'll break every bone in your fucking bodies. Beat it. <laughs> Get out of here and don't come back or I'll break every fucking bone in your body. Wonderful. The worth the price of admission right there. And she's got magic balls. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> that I didn't really understand. It was a weird thing in the thing it was weird thing in the story. Just like it wasn't that kind of a movie, but whatever. Okay, so she's magic. Yeah, it's fine. Why not? <laughs> so magic she can make you come like that. Presto change yo. <laughs> Score it out. Feels good, huh? Relax, just relax. Oh, too late. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Look, you got a boner. Now you see it. Now it's done. Mm. All right, hundred dollars, please. Not enough. Give me more. Yep. <laughs> I'm I'm Zena, Madam Zena. She was great. <laughs> she's great for the for the two scenes she's in. She's fantastic. Just bitter, 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 creepy. Loved her. And dead behind and dead behind the eyes. Yes. <laughs> and then dead in front of I, the eyes by the time the monster's done with her, so you know. I know what you're thinking. You want the money back. Too late, my friend. The bargain is a bargain. It's not my fault if you can't control yourself. Oh, yeah. 
leave me alone. I'm going to tell your father. Did you actually think I would let you do it to me, you freak? Be thankful for my small favors. Leave me alone or I'll put a curse on you and your own life! Hey. She's like, thank God. <laughs> Why didn't I think of this sooner? <laughs> yeah, so Richie gets the bright idea to spend the night in the funhouse, and they all decide to do that. And this is me. I get it. It's a teenager idea. And teenagers don't make smart ideas. But I'm just going, man, I'm watching them going through the funhouse. Mick, you didn't do a test run through this thing first to see where a good place to get off might be? Because those cars, when you see them, they're booking. Like, it's dark in there. You're going to break an angle. And you're going to be locked in there for the night. And there might be no lights. And there's definitely no bathrooms. You're going to be shitting in a corner somewhere <laughs> with your boyfriend. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so romantic. <laughs> probably rats. You know? <laughs> you know everything's covered in petroleum and shit. I don't know. Whatever. Ick. <laughs> I'm going, what if there's a third rail like it was a train? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't recommend it. But they do it anyway. It's all Richie's idea. Fuck it. I also just like. Subtle things you get from these characters that they don't, nobody mentions it. I, I look at the four of them going, why are these four hanging out? Yeah. Like Amy and Liz, I get, they're friends, but Buzz and Richie also seem to know each other. Yeah. Like, you know, they make it like it's their first meeting, but there seems to be a history there. Yeah. They were too chummy, like busting they were on lovers. each other. Lovers. They yeah. were lovers. They were, I, 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 normally I would say they were lovers. Ding dong. Patrick from the future says that they're lovers too. We agree. And Patrick from the Future has photographic proof, as proved by the opening credits. Ding dong. Back to the show. What I'm getting is that Liz is with Richie, not because he's hot, because he's actually rich. Mm. I'm just looking at the way he's dressed. He's not dressed like the other. He's got the sweat, the sweater across his thing. He just he's 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 a little more uh, styled. Yeah, the other two. But but meanwhile, he he steals the lousy fifty dollars out of the fucking Barker's tin. So it's like, what's his deal? You know, most of the rich kids I know were the biggest thieves. They were the biggest thieves. I, I I'm choosing to believe that hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, I went to private boys' school. I know my rich kids, and they were all they they were the biggest goddamn thieves because money didn't mean anything to them. Mm, true. Yeah, I could see that then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because at first they thought they were setting him up to be kind of like the the nerd character, just by the way he was dressed. He had the glasses and the cardigan around his neck and everything. And then he's kind of the bad boy, whereas Buzz, you thought, was going to be the bad boy, but he's like the sensitive hero of the mm-hmm. piece. So, you know, again, he, they were playing with uh, slasher Except roles. For his disgusting anti-duck humor. Just show me where the electrical outlet is and I'll set the act up. Well, the MC says... I don't understand. <coughs> what do you need an outlet for? <laughs> Duck trainer looks at him and says, I need to plug the hot plate in. What do you think? This duck dances by himself? <laughs> <laughs> Amy, the duck doesn't actually dance. It burns its feet on the hot plate. Earth to Mars. Come in, Amy. Gas, rude. Canceled. 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 Yeah. <laughs> No. Take your shirt off, you're canceled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dance No, for take us. your shirt off. <laughs> get in the yeah, tank. Yeah, get your hot plate right here, Buzz. <laughs> oh, we forgot to mention Joey. Oh. I mean, we, we touched on Joey's Amy's little brother. 
One of the things that still affects me about this movie is this opening scene, which we've only touched on. How does this movie open, John Hernandez? Oh, man. Okay. So it pretty much... We talked about tits, but we didn't talk about anything else. Well, yeah. You know, within the first three seconds, you know, Amy whips him out and she gets in the shower. But then we cut to... to uh, um, Oh, you mean these? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these have always brought me luck. Like, yes. And... <laughs> We cut to, uh, we get to the POV of who we think is a killer going around the house and they grab a clown mask, you know, and then they put it on their face and then you get in the point of view through the mask a la Halloween 1978, going mm-hmm. through, looking at weapons, picks up a knife, then goes into the bathroom and then it all of a sudden it's an homage to Psycho and they do like the shot for shot. Where, you know, Norman pulls back the shower curtain and stabs Janet Lee, but in this case, it's Joey stabbing his sister, Amy, but it's a fake knife and it was all just a big gag. So it's like, but it's awkward because she's a teenager and he's like, what, 10 maybe? Like, 10. Young ten. kid. Ten. And, and there's a, there's a, a lot time, of skin. There's a, like, t- like, you know, high beams in his face, and it's a long scene. It's not just, like, quick. Like, he's there, and they do this whole slow panning down as he's trying to stab her in the stomach, and she's trying to hold him back, but it's, like, awkwardly slow, and it's like, wow, this 10-year-old is, like, just buried in his sister's boobs. You're getting a close-up of her stomach with the knife slowly coming towards it with the underboob, and you're going, that's a child. Yeah, it's a lot. This is the shot. With a child. And the reason it still affects me is because that's when I got sent to bed the first time it was on. Oh. Like, go to bed right now. We're not watching this crap. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird, weird. A lot of, like, you know, again, another weird, not incest necessarily, but that's weird. <laughs> it's just weird. Joey ain't right. Uh-huh. Joey ain't right. Like, Joey, Joey in the book was also a horror nerd, but the whole thing with Joey was that um, he's afraid of his mother. His mother does what my mother used to do when she'd get really drunk. She'd come in my room at night and I'd have to pretend there was a sleep and she'd give me some drunken soliloquy about whatever was going on in her life. I'm sorry, I'm a horrible mother. But except in this case, he's going, I'm so so afraid you're going to turn into a devil. I'm going to have to kill you like I did the other one. So he's afraid of his mom. So the reason he's at the carnival, he ran away. Oh. To join the carnival. And then he's, he's in the fun house as well. I thought that's what this. was coming, to be honest with you, but that's another storyline that went nowhere, apparently. Yeah. So as a result, Joey, yeah, which is weird. Joey is a side, like a sidebar in his own story. Like, but his journey to the carnival is also fucked up. Oh my God. He, he gets in a fight with Amy over this. She's pissed. Just for that, I'm not taking you to the carnival on Saturday. And while I'm there tonight, you think about this. I'm going to get even with you. You're not going to know when or where, but I'm going to get you so bad, you're never going to forget it. Never! Never! I'll get you for this, Joey. I'll get you so bad that you'll never get over it. Never! Never, Titty. Never! <laughs> <laughs> but to, me, to, meet your, to meet your final girl, like your sympathetic female of the film... To meet her a naked in this awful situation, and then just absolutely eviscerating this small child, like eviscerate, like she takes Completely. his head off to the point where it's scary. And then she's pretty moody for the first half of the movie because she gets like fucked off that Buzz like says something mean about her dad, and like she's really. Upset. You're supposed to say mean things about my mom. Did you see my mom? Did exactly. you see my mom? My dad's the cool one. <laughs> 
But yeah, these adults seem to take delight in frightening the small child, and it was hilarious, because I personally enjoy stuff like that as well. So, (laughs) Of course, I also watch it now, and I go, oh, well, it was filmed in Florida, so this is actually trash. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like the first thing that happens he's walking along the street and it's it's night it's night we know it's late because buzz didn't pick amy up till 9 p.m her mother makes a big deal about that i don't know why he can't pick you up at a more godly hour yes have another my time mom <laughs> <laughs> it's two for one until i get the fuck out of the house um and he, he's walking along and a pickup truck comes passing by and some creeper is going hey oh boy you need a ride where are you going? Hey, come here. Come here. I got something to show you. And he takes out a rifle and pulls it on a child. <laughs> hey, kid. What are you up to? What are you doing around here? You want a lift? Huh? You want to come for a ride? and that laughs like it was the funniest thing he's ever seen reminded me of my dad so much i was i was touched (laughs) my dad would totally do something like that that's what my except my dad would be like turn off the goddamn showdowns (laughs) if i hear that camel on original cast recording one more time we're gonna play it off (laughs) That goes for a Vita, too. Oh, not a Vita. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those weird hybrid kids that I love horror and I love musical theater. So whatever. It's the same thing. And there's a scene later on. Like, he 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 sees, he's following Amy and, and Buzz around at this carnival that she's not supposed to be at. I think he's going to yeah, just squeal, like, get evidence. I don't take a picture or something that she was there and get her in trouble when he gets home. But he sees them going to the funhouse and never come out. Right. So he starts skulking around. He's like, uh, he just keeps waiting for them to come out. He's hiding different places and waiting for them to come out. And they're not coming out and not coming out. And then eventually the little mutant guy attacks him and tries to grab him in the funhouse. He runs away, but he gets rescued by this helpful carny who calls the parents to come pick him up. This scene was so deliciously weird. I loved every bit of it because it had layers of wonderful to it. Why is this scene weird, John? Because like he's laying in the tent and the guy's going on and on about how he cleaned him up real good and um and then the parents come to 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 get the kid and they're very nonplussed and then like joey doesn't even make mention that his sister is there he just he has a flashback to her screaming at him about how i'm gonna get you and it's gonna be so terrible and you're never gonna expect it and he leaves her there to fucking die basically well i get that they established that Joey is in shock and can't talk. Like they keep saying, say, say something, son. Just say something. Why can't you talk? Why did you say something? But this carney who's taking care of him is actually taking very good care of him. He's resting real good now. You just see what I had to go through to get your number. I washed him up real good. He's got a little fever and he ain't talking too much. Yeah, poor baby. Well... We'll get right straight home to bed. Yeah. He's like, he's, I think he's running a fever. I got it down. I gave him an aspirin. I gave him some water. I cleaned him up. He's very frightened. It was very hard to get your phone number. But he's just, be, but he's also like mopping his brow. And I'm going, oh, this is so creepy and child molester. And I'm also going, why isn't his parents doing that? Why aren't the parents happy to see their lost child? Why aren't they taking care of him? <laughs> Yeah. Like, we've just decided that this guy was a creeper, but he's the only one in this scenario that's caring for the frightened child. 
Very true. <laughs> so we may be just totally reading onto that because he's a carny. Mm. And carnies are bad. Fair point. Layers, layers, layers upon layers. But then, then they, you know, like I said, I like it in layers, so I can peel it off and eat it like a fruit roll up. But we're not going to discuss that again. Yeah, it was gross the first time. <laughs> yeah, but then they pack it up and beat it, and so it just seemed like that entire storyline with the brother was. For not, but I did listen to, um, the producer came back and said when they saw the final cut of the movie, they thought the first hour was dragging too much and that shower scene was added on at the end to kind of give you that, that opening scene scare. It felt like it. It felt added on. Yeah. You know, so no, I, I was like, cause he, and I'm trying to think without it, then his storyline would have been even more threadbare and and useless but yeah it did feel very added on you know i only say that because like i said this is not a slasher movie toby hooper distinctly said i didn't want to make a slasher movie i wanted to make a movie that was an homage to the monster movies that i grew up on and once i heard that on the tape i said this movie makes sense now yeah but if you if they added that on that might have been that might have even been toby hooper who filmed that that might have been second unit or some shit because that shit happens all the time well scenes wind up in movies and the director has no idea because it promises a different movie than what you get it sure did i it sure did (laughs) yeah you know they said just because they needed that that opening shock because that there would be an hour of them just like putzing around the carnival and they thought it was a little too slow paced so Mm. i I don't Mm. know i didn't think it was slow paced despite that that's an accurate thing to say. Like, there's not much happening in the first hour, but I didn't find no. myself bored. No. Well, so. I'm just surprised because and the book. See, okay, I'm, I'm guys. Remember how much I picked on listener Tara Gardner during the fog episode because she kept bringing up the book every five minutes. Well, I'm Tara Gardner this time. Hi, everybody. I'm Tara Gardner. I'm from Canada, and I just want to say that in the book that um. Well, this is the worst Tara Garner ever. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tara. You know I love it, but no. In the I forgot what I was going to say. In the book. It starts way earlier, but there are a couple of kills before they get there. They could have killed some random... Or or started at the carnival <laughs> that they keep referencing, the last carnival where the two girls were killed or whatever. Right, 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 right. Yeah, maybe not make them Girl Scouts, but make them some horny teenagers. Because that would have gotten everybody in the right mood and see them torn apart by a monster. Then we would have been on board. Totally. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was a misdirect. And I just... I think that's studio interference, but we're going to get into that later. Um... So the other thing that people have problems with is that we touched on when it gets down to the kills. They're not what you'd expect for a 1981 horror movie. Nope. Very tame. Yeah. Very, 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 very tame. And the thing I was missing, like, uh, there's a scene where shit's going on and then and, and Richie gets pulled up into the rafters of the funhouse with a noose. And, uh, well, in the book, what happened was he was, they were all still sitting in the, in the gondolas. And because um, I'm from Canada, and this is how we talk. I don't know. They don't talk like that. But anyway. <laughs> and they're all just sitting there wondering, in the dark, wondering what's going on. And this huge clawed hand came down and just pulled them up. And so they're all splattered with blood. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> Am I tripping? Or we can't all be having the same trip. Because <laughs> we all had angel dust. The rest Perhaps. of it plays out the same. Yeah, with the axe in the Perhaps it ties into the fact that it's a universal film and there's a huge, like big sloppy love letter to all the universal monsters and where you didn't see any of the kills on screen. Maybe that was an intentional choice as well. Yeah. It has to be too, but just because like Joey's room is covered in universal monster posters, 
because it's a universal film. They're able to use the Frankenstein mask because when uh, uh, when he's not murdering kids in the in the funhouse, their little mutant guy is an attendant to the funhouse. He's putting the people in the gondola and pushing them out, but he wears a Frankenstein mask to cover his horrible mutant face designed by Rick Baker. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I guess they're trying to create, uh, you know, uh, an allegory between the monster in this film and Frankenstein, but, you know, as far as I knew, Frankenstein wanted a partner for life. He didn't want to get off really quickly with, uh, you know... He didn't have giant hands with huge claws on the end of him. He didn't have claws. He can't help his claws that rip and rip and rip. And boy, did they rip. <laughs> they ri- Oh, girl, they are ripping. You be ripping. <laughs> I, I do love this whole scene. This whole scene that happens with, with Richie. He gets pulled up in the rafters. I just love how every time something happens is when all the fucking animatronic little monster things, they all start going off as like a Greek chorus. Like, ah! Love it. <laughs> Everything wakes up whenever somebody gets killed and I, or attacked or something scary happens. And I love that. I love that. They're like, yes. it's being individually controlled. It's like, I'm going to wake up this section as a punctuation to what I just did. <laughs> yes. Like, 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 the, like the, the kids doing the killing and dad's the stage manager, like somewhere flipping all the switches. A hundred percent. Literally, that's Q37, my- go. Pop up skeleton, go. <laughs> Cut down the fog. Too much fog. Too way too much fog. Lose the fog. <laughs> Love that little detail. That was fun with the movie. Yeah, and I love this. The whole scene where Richie's body comes back. At some point, they're wa- they're wandering around this funhouse, which, by the way, the geography makes no sense. I think in a in a in a, on the big screen, it wouldn't have mattered because it would added to the confusion. But on the small screen, going, no, this makes no sense because they're now they're in a basement that's got concrete walls. But this is a traveling carnival. Exactly. Exactly. But anyway, let it go. Let it wash over. Let it wash over you. You know how to just and peel it off. Eat it like a fruit roll. Exactly. <laughs> but they're wandering through after this thing happened to Richie, and all of a sudden, one of the gondolas starts moving in the dark, and you see it coming towards me, and you could see a figure sitting in there, and they're all freaking out. And Liz, of course, is going, "Kill it! Kill it!" <laughs> Not knowing that it's Richie in the backseat of the gondola, and Buzz plants an X in the back of his head. But I love that it's immediately followed with with Liz's freak. And go, ah, she freaks out, freaks out. Trap door opens up. Liz is gone. <laughs> Classic haunted house stuff. Classic Abbott and Costello haunted house crap. But now it's turned deadly. Yep. I love that. I love that moment. And that, that it happened back to back. I also realized we just lost half the cast in about 30 seconds. But I don't care because that was great. That was great. That was great. <laughs> and watching it as an adult, it didn't occur to me. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. I'm like, oh, it's poor Liz. Like, poor Liz gets cornered in this vent somewhere. That's where she gets dumped out. We're a big fan at the end of it, so there's no escape. And, of course, now he's on the other end of it, so there's really no escape. And she does what to try to reason with him? Well, what any of us would do, she offered up her body. She said, I know you like girls, and I won't even, you know, you don't have to pay. And, you know, so she pretty much was... I you could know. be nice to you. Yeah. I could be real nice. It's a smart move. It was. What do you want? 
It's a smart move. Yeah, and she had a dagger near her as well, so she was luring him in for... Uh... This is me ruining everything. I'm like, they wouldn't have actual daggers and actual axes in there. If they did, they'd be dull as fuck. Right. But anyway, she stabs him, but it doesn't, she doesn't do it. Always go for the meat. Always go for the kill, Liz. Yeah. Always go, don't go to maim. Always go for the kill. It's what they taught us in self-defense. Like, if it's your life on the line, you don't play nice. You go for the throat. <laughs> You go over the eye. <laughs> she, does it. she goes to the back of the shoulder and it doesn't play out for her. And he tears it to pieces. And it didn't occur to me until this time around. It never occurred to me when I saw it back then because I was 11. I'm like, oh, my God. He did other things to her, didn't he? I wasn't clear about that, but I've read some interpretations that. In the book, he definitely did. But even then when I read it, I didn't get it because they weren't, they weren't graphic about it. But I said, oh. And just the way they find her, the way she like she's now when they find Liz, she's not in that tunnel. She's in that room where the dead. Yeah, she's on the bed. And fortune teller, and she's got she's got the covers pulled over her lower parts. I'm going. Oh my god, he he did he did. Yeah, it's bad, it's implied bad. that. Yeah, Ugh. that's that's why a lot of people were trying to be like, oh, he's innocent. He's like the Frankenstein monster. I'm like, not exactly. I was like, <laughs> he's a little bit more sinister in that way, you know. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, well, I mean, he didn't get any. He did, He could have gotten. He was never. He was. He didn't have a chance. Like that guy was never going to put him in some kind of care where he could learn to control these things and get him on some medication that can control these temper tantrums. Like this kid, yeah. it's not his fault. I mean, he can't. He's, it's how he was born. I suppose, <laughs> yeah. And he and his daddy made him do it. Yeah, well, he didn't. He made him kill her, not the rest. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the part where it gets a little like, I don't know, but, but at least you know they're not explicit about it. So you know, I guess you, no, uh, they're no. You no. read it, which, they're tasteful. Yeah, yeah very tasteful yeah. about it. Uh, if you can be tasteful about such a thing, but you know, yeah. Yeah, but it it does, it does add. I mean, like I said, this movie doesn't have a lot of scare scares, but just things like that. You go, oh god, that's very real. Yeah, yeah. That poor girl. Yeah, that poor girl who I really liked, even though she was the blubbery friend in the horror movie. I was rooting for her. The crying. Loved her. She was, was great. Purple top, bright red pants. That is a bold choice, and you were making it work. And I don't know how you're doing that. If I wore that outside, people would be like, ah. Clash, clash, clash. <laughs> People like, you go rock the Casbah because you are clashing. <laughs> so now it's just like Buzz and Amy. There's some wandering around. And some of these set pieces are gorgeous. That weird ballroom that they're in with all the mirrored walls. I love all of that. Beautiful. I love all that. And they're, they're at, they, they find the back door and they're trying to get it open. And of course, it won't open. And who comes popping up? But not, not, not our killer guy, but is dead with a gun. He's like, I'm sorry, I can't let you leave. I'm just gonna have to hold you here till Junior gets done with your friend, mm. <laughs> or something along those lines. I say, drop it. Why are you doing this? 
just protected my family. Your family? It's not even human. Well, the Lord works in mysterious ways, little lady. Oh, hell, he ain't such a bad fella. He does get himself in all sorts of trouble, though, don't he? Anyway, blood is thicker than water. And I'm sure he's going to be a real comfort to me in my old age. Now, how many people know you're here? Lots. They all know. Well, no matter. We'll be pulling out of here tomorrow morning. There's plenty of other carnivals around. What'd you do with the other girl? Oh, I expect by now he's just finishing up with her. We'll just wait here till he gets back. All of this was great. Low-key, I love a low-key villain. He never raises his voice. Except when he's on the microphone barking. But no, he's always just really mellow. Like, I've done this a hundred times before. This is all fine. And he has no way out of here. You don't know your way around here. You'll never know your way around here. And you can, you can hack at those doors all you want. They're controlled by electromagnets. You're not getting out. Sorry. He doesn't say any of that, but I know that's how those things work. Like You, you can't get through them. It's not going to happen. What I thought was amazing here, they have uh, Buzz and the Barker have a fist fight. And the fight choreography for, fight choreography for it is great. I, I studied fight choreography, and it is so damn fearless and ferocious, like Buzz is a big dude. Like yeah. he's big. Like I think they said in the, the interview, uh, Kevin Kevin Conway said, "Yeah, uh, Cooper's six two. I'm five six. Yeah, <laughs> we had to make it look somehow like it was going to be a fair fight, but they're going at it. And it's vicious. It's a vicious fight. Yeah. I loved all that. And eventually, our Barker gets what happens to our Barker." He gets impaled on the uh, the knight in shining armor's large sword. L- and, uh, lucky guy. L- from behind. Gets pierced from behind. By mm-hmm. big All the way through, honey. Mm. His guts really got rearranged by that sword. So, <laughs> And we think he's dead. Of course he's not. But they're like, wait a minute. He must have keys to get out of here. And Buzz goes over to check his pockets and of course he's not dead we gotta get that one last stand scare and i love this he grabs buzz and pulls him onto the sword that's sticking out of his stomach i'm going kiss him kiss him kiss <laughs> that's the and it's gonna add like a love story love lives this up out of the front house where the mutants cry when the teens die <laughs> talk about a double penetration am i right mm. hot <laughs> Yeah. What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. <laughs> Jesus Christ, superstar. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and now just Amy. And um, bless her heart. She's a, she's a great screamer. I like her screamer. And this one of my favorite things in a movie is, especially, well, it's usually horror movies, is where you see sanity crack in your main character. Oh, Yeah. And she's got several of them, and they're great. And I felt, I felt one of these things that really struck me. There's a great showdown in the bowels of the funhouse, where it's all just the, the awful gears and sharp things, all the stuff that's like you're not supposed to operate if you're taking medication, and like shouldn't be around. There should like there should be safety guards on for everything, and there's not. This is the place where you're going to have limbs ripped off. Of course, that's what's going to happen. But I was like, look at her outfit. Look at her outfit. 
that poor actress has to do the scene with all these grinding gears and death traps in that that shirt with bell sleeves that are just asking to get caught in a belt and begging. And yeah, begging. <laughs> Uh, just throw some fringe on that and she would have been out of here <laughs> hey I was supposed For to real. kill her oh <laughs> oh <laughs> so we have a showdown in the, in the in the bouts what happens what winds up happening what well she goes all the way down to I guess the sub basement where all the gears are grinding and the monster Ooh, is yeah. in mm. hot pursuit mm. <laughs> <laughs> she falls through a grate to get down there and the camera you know directs your attention towards that grate and you're thinking the monster is going to come following her through there and of course it's another misdirect and the monster comes from behind down a ladder and um, you know then they start scuffling and she grabs a big crowbar and you know tries to like she hits him twice on the head, and then he grabs the crowbar. Right in from the dent. He already had a dent in the middle of his head, and she went for the <laughs> dent. I'm like, that's probably not the best spot. That part's probably reinforced. Please continue. I'm sorry. Exactly. <laughs> and then he tosses the um the crowbar back into like the electrical circuit breaker thing and pretty much electrocutes himself, gets hooked on a belt, and he gets dragged into the grinding gears where he tries to pull her after him. But he's not successful in in killing her, and he just gets ground up in those two gears. So, in essence, she didn't really kill him. It was kind of a big accident. So, like, they undo the 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 role reversal. Whereas, you know, even though she's the final girl that got her cans out and was having sex and smoking drugs, she actually doesn't kill the killer at the end. He dies by accident. So her her uh, her virginity remained intact because they didn't get to bang before they were interrupted and she didn't kill anybody. So she ends the movie as the chaste, virginal, innocent one. Mm. And, uh, you know, except for the horrific emotional and physical scars and things like that. But aside from that, totally, totally, she's going to be fine. She's fine. She's fine. She'll be at school the next day and be like, Oh my God, the carnival was so lame. She's fine. (laughs) Did anybody find my shoes in the fun house? Those were really good shoes. Those espadrilles? Oh, yes. They're from Tom McCann, and I need them back, because they were seven ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> if that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. She never. She doesn't have that final girl moment where I'm going to become the warrior. She's victim the whole way through, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, like we, like we end every show here. Fight or flight, survive the night. Whichever works. She, she flights. <laughs> she she flighted all the way through. She flighted her fucking <laughs> flighted wings off. She like was that. She was like a stewardess. She's like, I almost sang an R. Kelly song, and that one worked. No, forget it. I'll take that back. Canceled. Canceled. <laughs> fly, Amy, fly up, up to the sky. I'm gonna go deep seventies instead. Um, Fine, but like the fight or flight paid off because she picked the best place to hide. As it turns out, this was the best place to hide, the most dangerous place. And also, I just like it's also that he gets killed by his own. He gets killed by the funhouse. Yeah. They both yeah. do. Little villains are killed by the funhouse, not so much the teenagers. It claims yeah. they're on. I just love that just, the funhouse just keeps going. It's just on. It's completely unaffected by anything that's happened here tonight. We're just going to keep running through the motions. Doesn't, doesn't matter. It's just this mindless, thoughtless thing that's its own character. And I got a little thrown off because immediately after this, she has a, the guy dies and she has a one last scream. Ah! so awful my shoes fuck and then you see her walking out the, the front door of the fun i was like wait now the doors are open 
Right. Yeah. Another. No, 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 no. I look, no, I look close. I look close. Cause they had shown before when they were at that door, when he pulled the gun on him, that a bunch of the gondolas are trying to get out. Ba-bang, ba-bang, ba-bang. And you keep, see a couple oh. of them adding up. When they come back, the gondolas are broken through the door. Cause everything went crazy when he was in the gears. There was, you know, it was a lightning show. Sparks, lightning, flash. It was great. <laughs> work, work, work. Fossey, yeah. Fossey. <laughs> <laughs> and grind those gears grind those gears yeah <laughs> drag him drag him drag him across the room yeah drag him drag. <laughs> um, and she's got her she's got her slut shame walk home <laughs> crawling right. out of the fun house dirty bloody no shoes <laughs> oh if I had a dollar every time you know her feet are kicking mm-hmm. her control top pantyhose are out of control at this point <laughs> Shots. They're shot. <laughs> Her hair is neither bouncing nor behaving. And I love it. You've seen like the carnival come into life again, except they're turning they're tearing it down. They move to another town. Nobody takes a fucking notice of her. Nobody. Nobody pays a look of attention no. to her. Except our big clown lady. Are you leaving? Are you leaving us already? (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) You want tits in your movie? How about these titties? These are tits. Hey, I'll take them. Yeah. (laughs) Had it come out at any different time, I think it would have gotten a better reception. Like two years, like a year earlier. Yeah. But no, it yeah. didn't. But, anyway. but Toby Hooper never did well with the studio system. I don't think he was cut out for it. No shame. I mean, he started like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was an independent film. He was able to work the way he wanted to work with people he wanted to work with. They were all friends. And I know apparently he was right. he was notoriously shy and soft spoken. So I can see how him being on these these big sets, you can get overridden really easy or not communicate the same way or everything's a billion times bigger or have to deal with the studio going no 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 plus it's the 80s where studios really started to get commercial be like no 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 no. we need you to promote this we need you to, we need right. you to have a whole scene about playtex living gloves just because the killer's gonna yeah. wear playtex living gloves because and i can see him not getting along with because i know he got fired off for two sets and he never did well never did well because this yeah. this didn't do well invaders from mars didn't do well life force almost i think killed the studio <laughs> did it not <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Bless yeah. his heart. But when he was on his own. Yeah. And then Poltergeist, you know, and, but that's why there's always that that argument that people feel Spielberg had more of an influence on it. But, um, you know, it's kind of what you said. If he, he was that mild mannered, you know, I guess, yeah. you know, Spielberg is, a, you know, a tough person to argue with. So it has that Spielberg glow throughout the whole movie. Yeah, up with families. Families are great. Yes. <laughs> No, no, pot smoking families are great. These kids suck. <laughs> Fuck all these kids. Yes. <laughs> pot smoking, da- pot smoking Craig T. Nelson, anytime, baby. Anytime, baby. Woof. Woofity do. Uh-huh. Woofity do da. Joe Beth, yes. you can watch. You'll be into that. I can tell. Freak show. <laughs> yeah, so that's the fun house. Yeah. 
We didn't give any snaps to the score. The score is perfect as well. I mean, it's what you expect. Yeah. But that's not a bad thing. No. It blends not perfectly. No, I think it's a tight little movie. It, but if you're going expecting a slasher movie, it's not going to be fun. And hey, I'm always encouraging people to read. So I encourage you to watch the movie and also read the book. It's from Dean Kud, So it's real well written, even though it's a bit overwritten. But still. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely down to check out the book now, like, because now I'm super curious, because, you know, I'm, I'm invested. I've watched it enough times. The library is open. Characters. <laughs> yes, honey. <laughs> and, no, it was great. Reading is fundamental, and your makeup is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also surprised doing this for as long as they have that be, none of these folks show up at the circuit. The, the, what am I thinking of? Circuit parties. It's not what I'm thinking. The, con- oh. the convention. Like, I've never oh, seen any yeah. of these folks show up at a convention. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And <laughs> I know, like, my friend Brian Norton, he knows all these 80s horror movie stars, particularly the Canadian ones. And he's always fascinating. He's like, I'll talk to somebody who did, like, all these, you know, who was in Happy Birthday to Me and like, all these other movies who retired from the business and had no idea until, like, last year that anybody was still watching these or that she was loved and adored. She's like, I thought my career was over. I had no idea. Wow. Elizabeth, Elizabeth, (laughs) Elizabeth Barrett, you with the titties out. You, we love you. (laughs) Come sign our autographs for $50 a pop so we can talk about how stingy you are. Yeah. $50. Yes. You're only in one movie. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Selfie? (laughs) But, you know, this movie has definitely gained its following, you know, deservedly so, I would say. I think it... I think it was great. There were so many like little details, just the, the production design, the color use. I mean, um, even the first poster, you know, the first poster with the monster snarling was meant to be an homage to the Rocky Horror Picture Show poster. Really? I thought I it was an homage delightful. to my man, Jana, but what? Oh. <laughs> girl, it drools sometimes. It drools. I get it. No, but girl. I just also thought that other poster, The other, I mean, it had a gra- one of the best taglines. Pray to get in, pray to get out is fabulous. That's a great tagline. But the, good this, the other poster was that Jack in the Box popping out yeah. with an axe. What does that say? Slasher movie. Slasher movie. Yeah. Yep. But that's what was going to get the butts in the seats, and that's all that matters in this business. Step right up, step right up. Alive, alive, alive. They got their titties out, <laughs> and they are alive. <laughs> all right, John Hernandez, they, I think we have done the funhouse. So where can people find out more about you, and where can they watch Stan the Mechanic? Oh, my goodness. So we just wrapped season two, and all the episodes we will be streaming on my website at uh, www standthemechanic.com and you can find me at standthemechanic on Twitter and Instagram uh, lots more great stuff coming your way but um, right now I'm going to take a well-deserved rest it's been a busy spooky season uh, but you, 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 uh, you just put those feet up you just put those ankles up put them, put them, put them, <laughs> put them behind your ears and take a nice long rest <laughs> yes honey <laughs> but it's been great so yes please come check it out it's all free it's there for you to love and enjoy, and uh, more Stan coming soon. I love your stuff; it's adorable. I mean, it's it's funny, it's dirty, but you're adorable. Like there's uh, the first one I saw, you're you're crawling around the the garage, and you've got this you got this little smile on that's kind of cute, but it's also menacing. And then you walk through the exhaust and you cough. I'm like, I loved all that. I'm like, I'm looking at you, going, I don't know what to make of you, and that's exactly where you should be with the horror host. Like, I kind of like him, but he's also freaking me out. And also, sit in my face, sit on it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Perfect. That's the vibe we're going for. Yes. <laughs> Nailed it. All right, Stan. Thank you very much. This has been fabulous. Take care. It's been a pleasure having you. And above all else, sir, one thing before you go. Happy Halloween, Stan. Oh, happy Halloween, everybody. Hello, Patrick, and happy Halloween! It's Zombie Girl TJ. Hi, TJ. Here to wish you a very happy October full of frightfully fun haunted attractions, um, wonderful horror movies, and some damn good streaming TV as well. Damn skippy. I hope it's a fabulous October for you because I want lots of good episodes with all that content in it. I, I'm very much looking forward to listening to the next one. Haven't listened to it yet. Uh, it's out there. Just uh, been a little busy, you know. Anyway, that's no not excuses. your problem. I'm just calling to say I love your show and I always listen to it and I hope you're having a great October. Bye. Aw, thank you, TJ. So far, it's been a pretty damn good October. I mean, I'm busy as hell because normally October is Christmas season for horror podcasters. So busy, 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 busy. Plus, I'm doing all of November's episodes in advance because I'm going away. So I'm extra busy, 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 but I'm still finding time to squeeze in some fun and some haunted houses. Oh, yeah. I hope yours is going extra zippy skippy as well, and I hope to see you on Sunday for the screening of Trick or Treat because that'd be cool. Thanks, TJ. Bye. Yay. You know, I didn't realize how much I missed listener voicemail until I brought it back. It's so nice to be in contact with you guys again in this way. But Patrick, why did it go away in the first place? Well, that's a long story. Remember what happened with Twitter and me getting doxxed? It was kind of like that, but with spam. I was getting really creepy spam messages and it just wasn't worth it anymore. So I just stopped doing it. Okay, that's the short version and I'm sticking to it. Uh, Patrick, you also mentioned something about a screening of Trick or Treat. What's that about? Well, my little kidlets, if you weren't aware, every Sunday night, it's movie night at the Scream Queens Virtual Drive-In, where we bring the movies right into your living room. You get to hang out with me and all the other kids that come out to play, and you get to see a spooky movie for free. And this Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we're showing Trick or Treat, starring Natalie, not Natalie Portman, Anna Paquin, starring Anna Paquin and Brian Cox and Dylan Baker and a whole bunch of fabulous people. Great movie. It's going to be a fun time. And on top of that, I've been also digging up these great short films as an intro feature, and it's always a party. So come hang out with us, and it's 100% free. But Patrick, how do I do it? Well, calm down, baby. Calm down, baby. You just go to www.screamqueens.com slash drive-in, and you're there. And by the way, the whole thing works best in Chrome, the Chrome browser. So do that, and I hope to see you there for some spooky fun this Sunday. Patrick, why aren't you telling us about your date? Okay, I'll tell you about the date. It went really well. Now, you have to remember, this guy I have known since 2004. We sang in the chorus together. And I've had a crush on him forever. And he's one of those guys who's just like, I'll never date anybody in the chorus. You guys are like my family. And I'd just be like, oh, oh, oh. And then he asked me out in February. But we were still on lockdown. There Vaccines were just starting. And he said, hey, you know, when this is all over, we should go out sometime. And, you know, the violin started soaring in the head. Let it please be him. Under God, it must be him. And I couldn't wait for those booster shots. And ever since then, it has been one nightmare after another 
for one of us or the other. He's going through some health problems and some personal problems and some family problems. So it was always something keeping us from getting together. And so finally, I had bought these tickets months ago to attend the Dark House put on by Psycho Clan, which is going on in Garrison, New York. It's a haunted attraction run by Timothy Haskell. And after like the 19th time we had to cancel something, I said, okay, look, I've got tickets to this thing. It's in upstate New York. It's a bit of a train ride. Do you want to go with me? I was shocked that he said yes, because normally nobody wants to go to me with these haunts. Nobody. It's very hard. Or they've already gone or some nonsense. So I'm floored. I'm very excited. And then I started looking into the details of things. Like, okay, it's a garrison New York. And I was told it was a short train ride on the Metro North. It was a really long train ride. It's an hour and 15 minutes on the train. And all of a sudden I started panicking. I'm like, oh God, that's a really long time. If we're meeting just to get on the train... And this is the first time we've seen each other in a really long time. It's going to be weird to be sitting there for that long. What if we have a bad time? What if he has such a bad time that we just sit there in silence for the whole long hour and 50 minute train ride home? What if we have nothing to talk about? What if Godzilla attacks the train? You know, that kind of thing. But it was no problem. It got off to a weird start because we were in the rush hour train. So it was all business people who want it was crowded and everybody wanted to be really quiet. So we were just very quiet. So we just quietly talked about things or just sat there in silence but it was okay because we know each other it wasn't like a first date first name but everything went great it turns out the house is fantastic it i've never seen anything like it or experienced anything like it because you don't see a damn thing because you're blindfolded the whole time but it was this wonderful mix of technology storytelling and sensory deprivation and i feel like timothy made something really new and of course i'm thinking what if what if what if Tommy doesn't like these things. What if he's not going to have it? I, there was nothing to worry about. Because like I said, we were blindfolded and he was in front of me. And we, even though we had headphones on where the story is being told to us as we're walking or as we're walking through this house, I can hear him cackling and screaming. I'm like, okay, this is great. This is great. And no, it was really nice. And plus, it turns out Garrison, New York is gorgeous. The house is located right next to the railroad station. So there was no place to walk. So we didn't have to go anywhere. And it's right on the river and the Foliage is all turning. It's the wonderful fall foliage. And it turns out there's a restaurant that's right there as well called Dolly's. You know why it's called Dolly's? Because they filmed part of Hello, Dolly there. So we couldn't have had a gayer night. Well, we could have had a gayer night, but, you know, I'm a good girl. But no, so it was great. It was great. It just We had a lovely evening. And then the train ride home was very nice. I mean, we had to wait a long time for the train, but we were just talking and laughing. And the train ride home was nice. We cuddled a bit on the train, and it was a million o'clock by the time we got home. And we just said, good night. Let's do this again soon. And, you know, we're still talking, so yeah, yeah, there'll be a second date, and I'm happy. Yay. So that, my beautiful screamers, was that. I still don't know what I'm doing for Halloween. The thing, like I said, I'm going away. Oh, by the way, if you don't know, I'm going away for November. Um, a friend of mine took pity on me from all the tragedy and misery that I went through for those three months straight and invited me to come stay at his hotel in Palm Springs. Ooh, twist my arm. You know, I've got the episodes recorded. I just got to edit them. And the clock is ticking down. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do anything on Halloween by this, by this point because I got to get everything done by the time I leave because I won't be able to work on it once I go. But we'll see. We'll see. If nothing else, something fabulous will happen at the drive-in. You know where to find that. I already told you. And I think that's about it I've got for you today. But before we go, I would be remiss if I didn't give big props to my fabulous hosting company, Captivate FM. Captivate FM is the only podcasting host that actively wants you to grow your podcast and helps you. They've got the best stats in town. They've got a wonderful interface. It's so easy to use. I mean, I used to struggle so much with getting a show up and the bonuses they're adding all the time are fantastic. We're getting it. We just got a new player 
That'll show up on the website. That looks gorgeous, and it looks fabulous, and it works beautifully, and I love it. It's all customizable, and nothing else. There's, there's Captivate Academy. They've got these courses on there that you would pay hundreds of dollars to learn these things. How to get sponsors, how to do email marketing, how to do SEO, you know, search engine optimization. All these things cost hundreds of dollars, elsewhere, and you're getting it free with a Captivate subscription. So if you're a podcaster and you're iffy with your podcast host, I would really suggest trying out Captivate FM because they are fabulous. And... And since they are one of my fabulous affiliates, you can get a seven-day free trial just by going to www.screamqueens.com slash captivate. So do that, baby. If you want to get in touch with the show, you could be like TJ and leave me a voicemail. But how do I do that? I don't know the phone number. Well, that's just it, kids. There's no phone number anymore. You're going to do it directly through the interwebs. You go to www.screamqueens.com. There is a tab, bright red tab on the right-hand side of the screen. You click that, you record your message, and I'll get it right away. Or, or, or you can go to www.screamqueens.com slash voicemail. If you want to find me on social media, I'm on facebook.com slash screamqueens. On Instagram, I'm Scream Queens Podcast. And if you are a super duper Scream Queens fan, if you love what you're hearing here and you want to hear more, consider becoming a patron. For just $5 a month, you can unlock all of the premium content that is exclusive for my patrons. Things like Damn You, Uncle Lewis, our Friday the 13th retrospective podcast. Things like The Final Reel, where you find out you find out my super secret thoughts about what I just saw in the movie theater. All the big blockbusters that are coming out right now. My patrons already know whether they should waste their money on them or not, and which ones they should avoid, and which ones you should just throw money at the box office and go. And also, starting in December... I'm launching on there. It came from the 70s, which is a podcast that's going to be dedicated exclusively to those made-for-TV movies from the 70s. Plus, if you're dying to know what happened at the dark house, that haunted house I just talked to you about, that where I took my date, if you want to hear all the ins and outs of that night and how the unique technical and sensory deprivation things that they made that they used to come up with something extraordinary, you're going to have to be a patron. That's, they're going to find all that out next month. Oh, and if you want to go to the dark house, nightmarenyc.com. Nightmarenyc.com. So Patrick, you're going away, but what are we going to do in November? Well, I'm going to tell you. On the next episode of Scream Queens, you are getting another taste of Damn You, Uncle Lewis. I am making another full episode public. What episode is it? It's the episode where we talk about the Friday the 13th episode called faith healer that's the one directed by david cronenberg it's one of the most famous and one of the most disturbing episodes of the show and you are gonna love it but patrick what if it's too disturbing for me oh don't you worry little pickle because my trusty shop keeps an eye and i'm talking about my murphy trading we're gonna be on hand to distribute much needed snark cold compresses and virtual valium in case you need it if you haven't seen that episode in a long time if you don't know what i'm talking about it is available on youtube so do research on that friday the 13th the series faith healer So until next time, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, I wish you the happiest, spookiest, scariest, and safest Halloween possible. Well, Patrick, I don't know how I can ensure that's going to happen. Well, it's really easy, baby. It's really easy. All you got to do is follow that Scream Queen's golden rule. All you all-timers, say it with me. Fight or flight. Survive the night. Make it to the final reel. Wear a fucking mask. Wash your fucking hands. Keep your fucking distance. Get the fucking shot if you can. And don't forget for one second that I love you. Happy Halloween, kitties. All of-
the music for tonight's show, unless otherwise specified, has been written by Sam Haynes. You can find all of his music at www.bandcamp.com. Bitches! <laughs> Ew.